Bioneers, Revolution from the Heart of Nature is made possible in part by Organic Valley, a farmer-owned cooperative producing local food with the future in mind since 1988. Learn more at OrganicValley.com. Welcome to the Bioneers, Revolution from the Heart of Nature. If I have learned anything in these past 15 years, it is how to hold two opposite thoughts at the same time. The most radical play I'd ever written turned out to be the play that was accepted and invited into the mainstream. Saying the word I was not supposed to say is the thing that gave me a voice in the world. Revealing the very personal stories of women and their private parts gave birth to a public global movement to end violence against women and girls. It's all alive. It's all connected. It's all intelligent. It's all relatives. We stand at the threshold of a historic opportunity in the human experiment to reimagine how to live on Earth in ways that honor the web of life, each other, and future generations. It's a revolution from the heart of nature and the human heart. In this series, The Bioneers, Revolution from the Heart of Nature, we celebrate social and scientific innovators with breakthrough solutions for restoring people and planet, creating a future environment of hope. Eve Ensler was already an accomplished author and playwright when she started something revolutionary. She asked women about their relationships with their vaginas. Though she initially envisioned using the interviews to write a play, it's unlikely she could have imagined she was embarking on a decades-long international journey. She soon discovered that she'd unearthed the most reviled word in the English language, and this playwright set about to heal our culture through theater. Her award-winning play, The Vagina Monologues, provided a startling window into the conflicted complexity of women's relationships to their bodies, their sexuality, and themselves. While performing the play throughout the world, Eve heard even more stories from women about rape, incest, domestic battery, and genital mutilation. She realized that violence against women was a global pandemic of immense proportions. It's hard to believe that almost 15 years ago, I said the word vagina on a small stage in a little theater called Here in New York City. When I first read those monologues, my most pressing concern was being able to get the words out of my terrified mouth. I certainly could not have conceived then what would follow, both in terms of this incredible movement and violence against women and the life of the vagina monologues itself. Join us for the next half hour with playwright Eve Ensler. It's Beyond the Vagina Monologues. My name is Neil Harvey. I'll be your host. Welcome to the Bioneers, revolution from the heart of nature. I had no intention, to be honest, of even writing a play. I was already a way, 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 way downtown playwright. I assumed a play about vaginas would permanently secure that status. <laughs> if I have learned anything in these past 15 years, 
It is how to hold two opposite thoughts at the same time. The most radical play I'd ever written turned out to be the play that was accepted and invited into the mainstream. Saying the word I was not supposed to say is the thing that gave me a voice in the world. Revealing the very personal stories of women and their private parts gave birth to a public global movement to end violence against women and girls. In terms of existing in the world of opposites, I see now that living between the play, the vagina monologues, and the V-Day movement, between the ambiguous energy of theater and the less nuanced world of activism, has both stretched and inspired me. The art has made the activism more creative and bold. The activism has made the art more sharply focused, more grounded, more dangerous. The trick in both has been to avoid ideology and fundamentalism in one direction, fragmentation and irresponsibility in the other. The trick has been to create certain universal givens, i.e. the play, the intention of the movement, and then to trust individuals and groups to bring their own vision, culture, creativity to the experience. The trick has been to create something that is both concrete and fluid, something that can spread quickly and yet has integrity something that is owned and changed by many, but has certain ingredients and laws that allow this adaptability. The trick has been to live in the contradictions while maintaining principles, beliefs, and purpose. I believe this friction has been, at the core, what has energized and spread V-Day throughout the world so quickly. The excitement and danger of just saying the word, performing the play in tiny villages, conservative cities with unlikely performers, ministers, doctors, telephone workers, members of parliament, in unusual venues, churches, synagogues, women's living rooms, stadiums, and factories. In Eve Ensler's revolutionary play, women give voice to their unspeakable truths with humor and grace. To write the script, she talked with more than 200 women of all ages and backgrounds, married and single, mothers, lesbians, elders, and teens, Asian and African Americans, Native Americans, and Caucasians to learn about their relationships to their vaginas. Stories in the play include a monologue about the birth of the playwright's granddaughter titled, I Was There in the Room, a chorus describing a girl's first menstrual period titled, I Was Twelve, My Mother Slapped Me, and a monologue compiled from testimonies of Bosnian women subjected to rape camps called, My Vagina Was My Village. These are just a few of the real stories of women's sexuality that have now been heard and acclaimed by millions. In 1998, after the initial success of the play, a group of women in New York joined Ensler to create V-Day, a nonprofit organization that has raised over $60 million to end violence against women. V-Day supports grassroots anti-violence groups around the world through performances of the Vagina Monologues. Eve Ensler spoke of the many victories she has witnessed at a recent Bioneers conference. Women speaking the word where it was never uttered, women standing up against local and national governments, religious forces, parents, husbands, friends, university administrators, college presidents, the voice inside them that judges and censors, college students across the world making V-Day a radical annual event, Recently, someone who toured colleges told me there are only two things on every college campus, a Starbucks and a V-Day. <laughs> Women reclaiming their bodies, telling the stories of their own violations, desires, victories, shame, adventures, 
women finding their power, their voice, their leadership abilities by becoming accidental activists, women finding each other, women standing up for women in other parts of the world, women releasing memories that have numbed their bodies and depleted their energy, women standing on the stage, on edge, in reds and pinks with New York accents, southern accents, African accents, Indian accents, British accents, speaking, screaming, whispering, laughing, and of course, moaning. The Vagina Monologues has given women from many cultures the courage to raise their voices. The play has been translated into 45 languages and performed in over 120 countries by professional actors and by local women who bring their own experiences to Ensler's script. Each performance releases a wave of energy that is a powerful force for change in performers and audience alike. I was in Manila where I saw a group of 30 comfort women between the ages of 70 and 90 chanting puke in Tagalog with their fists raised. Most of those women had never said the word vagina a day before in their lives. I was in Iceland where the president of Iceland declared himself publicly the first vagina warrior president. I was there in Narak, Kenya, where hundreds of girls in Kenya dancing in the African sun as the first V-Day safe house was opening and their clitoris would not be cut. I was most recently in a girls' school in Cape Haitian, Haiti, overflowing with more than 500 people, mainly men, who were so engrossed with the show that they were literally screaming back at it. I was in an armed motorcade in Port-au-Prince, Haiti, traveling through the streets with Stop Violence Against Wimmer's Hine on the car so that everywhere we went in the streets, people were screaming out. I was at a pansy hospital in May in Bukavu, Democratic Republic of Congo, on a rooftop with Congolese nurses doing the vagina monologues and doing moans so insanely that literally we had to calm everyone down. Um, <laughs> I was in Islamabad, Pakistan, where the first production of the Vagina Monologues happened in a back clandestine room where 200 women were there and the women who were performing were dressed in red saris and shawa kameez, performing for our sisters from Afghanistan, reading the Afghan piece, and there was so much weeping and so much laughing that women's shadors fell off. <laughs> um, it was an amazing moment. I was there in Juarez, Mexico, where 7,000 people came from every direction to stand up to stop the murders and the disappearance of the women in factories there. I was at the Apollo Theater when Mary Alice, one of the great actresses, literally took down the Apollo with her moans at the first V-Day celebrating African-American, Asian, and Latino women. I was at a 14-hour bus ride in Himachal Pradesh as we drove in India to open a sanctuary in the mountains. I was there when the mayor of Rome opened the first V-Day summit, and I was there in a walkthrough of a seven-foot vagina, and you know where this was, because there's only one city where it could have been, in the lobby of San Francisco. <laughs> I have to tell you, San Francisco, there are world, you know, there are, there are vagina-friendly zones, and there are but San Francisco is a vagina world fair zone. It really is. <laughs> there's no city like this. Um, I was there in Bosnia where my vagina was my village was performed by girls who had been in the war who had family members who had been raped. I was there in Athens 
with the first time anyone ever did the show. And, and when they did the piece, the word was puni. And this woman came walking through the street just screaming, puni, puni. And I thought the entire world was either going to change or die. It was hard to tell which. <laughs> I was there in Beirut when the article came out in the Beirut Times, and it was this huge article on V-Day, and the only word written in English was vagina. Um, <laughs> I was there in Sioux Falls in Rapid City when the first production for the Indian Country campaign happened, and women were giving out red feathers. I was there in Washington for the first performance by deaf women, and I learned how to sign vagina. I have seen vagina lollipops, buttons, puppets, quilts, panties, posters, votes, attitudes, and style. So much has happened, so much has changed. We can point to places where violence has been reduced or has been stopped altogether, where the consciousness has most clearly shifted. We have had huge victories. Then, of course, there is the opposite. Backstage, after performing the vagina monologues anywhere in the world, Ensler says she found women lining up, not to talk about the play, but to tell her their stories about living with violence. Only then did Ensler begin to understand the extent of the problem. Around the world, at least one in three women has been beaten, coerced into sex, or otherwise abused in their lifetimes. Intimate partners commit between 40 and 70 percent of the homicides of women worldwide. An estimated one million children, mostly girls, enter the sex trade each year. And in the United States, every 90 seconds, a woman is sexually assaulted. Ensler joined with other women to create V-Day, a movement that supports women's struggles around the world with funding and concrete assistance. More than 4,000 V-Day performances each year empower women to speak out against the violence that is perpetrated against women and girls from every culture. The world is still profoundly unsafe for women. Violence escalates, war abounds. And last year during V-Day's spotlight on women in conflict zones, I traveled to Haiti and the Democratic Republic of Congo. I visited women in cities throughout the U.S. and Europe. I met with our V-Day sisters from Egypt, Jordan, Morocco, Iraq, Lebanon, and Afghanistan. In Haiti, I found rape, a tool used in war, now essentially normalized, now rampant, so much so that hundreds of women, hundreds, were raped every day. And I think the, the rate now is something like 70% of the women in Haiti have been raped. In the DRC, I have to tell you in May, I heard the worst stories of atrocities I've ever heard in my life. And I think I came to a point of understanding that if we allow violence to continue, we will see the kind of atrocities we're seeing in the DRC. And if we allow those atrocities to continue, we will see the death of the female species eventually. Throughout North America and Europe, the story of women still raped in colleges, beaten in their homes, trafficked and sold in the streets. In Iraq, the destruction of women's rights since the US invasion, a rise in honor killings, rapes and murders of women. And in Afghanistan, where we so-called so liberated the women of Afghanistan, warlords, former rapists and murderers are in power, the Taliban is coming back, girls are afraid to go to school, women teachers are murdered, outspoken women in parliament are threatened and censored. In Egypt and throughout Africa, still, women are generally mutilated, almost two million a year. We have broken through many barriers. We have changed the landscape of the dialogue. We have reclaimed our stories and our voice, but we have not yet unraveled or deconstructed the inherent cultural underpinnings and causes of violence. 
We have not yet penetrated the mindset that somewhere in every single culture gives permission to violence, expects violence, waits for violence, and instigates violence. We have not stopped teaching boys to deny being afraid or doubtful or needy or sorrowful or vulnerable or open or tender and compassionate. We have not elected or become leaders who refuse violence as a possible intervention, who make ending violence the center of everything, rather than amassing more weapons and proving how macho and unbending they can be. As Paul Hawken noted in his Blessed Unrest, his brilliant book, our largest export after food is weaponry sent to governments with repressive regimes, governments who destroy indigenous cultures to pay debts incurred by weapons purchases. Violence, the manufacturing of violence, is at the core of the U.S. economy and the core of our soul. Essentially, we have not cracked the Teutonic plate at the center of the human psyche that is still more terrified to love than to kill. We have not made violence against women abnormal, extraordinary, unacceptable. We have not come to see it as an ecological issue. Women are the greatest resource of the planet. When you rape them, when you maim them, when you sell them, when you exploit them, when you traumatize them, when you mutilate them and destroy them, you destroy the future. The marriage of art and political change is a tricky affair. Most self-consciously political art often falls flat. Art that has demonstrated a real and significant impact on the ground is rare. Eve Ensler's play has become an unparalleled cultural phenomenon, more than just theater. It has captured the imaginations of girls and women around the world and led to tangible change. It's performed in many places where women risk their lives to be in it. Violence towards women is equivalent to the poisoning of the skies, the destruction of the ozone layer, the polluting of the seas. The disempowerment of women is equal to global warming. The long-term crippling effect of violence against women is that women have stopped being full selves, fully alive, fully creative, imaginative, productive, sexual in the same way. The earth is being lessened and the species are being killed off, fish are dying, Forests are slayed through violence, through disrespect, through dishonoring, through stupidity and greed. If we are going to end violence against women, the whole story has to change. We have to look at shame and humiliation and poverty and racism and what building an empire on the back of the world does to the people who are bent over. We have to say that what happens to women matters, and it matters a lot. Even raising money to stop violence against women makes it something other, something separate from the human condition, from every moment of our lives. It creates a strange fragmentation. Ending violence is more than a lifestyle shift. It's similar to buying a Prius and believing you've undone global warming. It's the culture that has to change, the beliefs, the underlying story of the culture. Eve Ensler explores the cultural and societal transformation made possible by the power of women speaking their truths when we return. This is Beyond the Vagina Monologues. I'm Neil Harvey. You're listening to The Bioneers, revolution from the heart of nature. Let it 
You can download this and other programs on the radio pages at www.bioneers.org. Playwright, author, and activist Eve Ensler says that the first step in any movement for social change is to understand the depth and extent of the problem, then take the necessary actions to create change. Think about the scope and vastness of this issue. One out of three women on the planet will be beaten or raped in her lifetime. Think that V-Day now raises more money than any group in the world to stop violence. This is not good news. In one year, we raised between four and six million dollars. That is the cost of less than 15 minutes on the war in Iraq. 15 minutes. Women are not some marginalized, insignificant group. We are the majority of citizens. What happens to us determines everything. If we are beaten and traumatized, our children will hold that in their DNA and grow up manifesting that in who they become. If our esteem is destroyed, or our daughter's self-confidence will be hard won or impossible to come by. If we are violated and raped or abused by men, our sons will be made in the witnessing of this, in our bitterness. Ending violence against women is actually about being willing to struggle to be a different kind of human being. It means redefining power. The only point of having power, it seems to me, is to give it away and inspire other people to have it. V-Day is just one example of the emergence around the world of grassroots women-led movements that are creating solutions to social and environmental problems by reconnecting relationships, not only among people, but between people and the earth. We can draw strength from these relationships as we face a myriad of seemingly intractable worldwide problems together. We are living in profound times, frightening times. We are at once inhabiting the old patriarchal landscape while at the same time feeling a new world emerging in our bodies and beings. Most of us know, for example, that the political system that now exists is essentially bankrupt, that it does not serve people or speak for them. Candidates are essentially bought, controlled, and directed by corporate interests. No one is willing who's running to speak authentically on most pressing, crucial issues. Still, we walk through the motions acting as if there's a real choice, a real difference between the candidates. Most of us sense that the UN's moribund and rendered static through bureaucracy and hierarchy, yet we still expect it to resolve crisis and arbiter right action in the world. Most of us know that the media is owned by corporate interests and essentially serves them, and still we don't turn our TVs off, we keep buying their papers, and we still believe what we read and see or pretend to. These last days of patriarchy remind me of a scene in The Sound and the Fury by Faulkner. There's a corpse lying in the front living room, rotting and stinking up the house. Everyone smells it, but somehow has stopped smelling it. Everyone is disturbed that it's there, but somehow it has come to be so familiar. No one wants to bury it. We are afraid to call for a new party, invite the world structure in a new media. We are attached to these old structures. As stinking and destructive as they are, they're the stinking destructive we know. I hear people ask of women all the time, and usually in a particularly patronizing way, who stay in violent relationships, well, why don't you just get out? I mean, leave. Why don't you leave? Oh, if it were that easy. Most of us, I would venture to say all of us to some degree, are in one big abusive relation, attached to the structures of patriarchy, hierarchy, and oppression that bring about violence and shame and exclusion and insane consumption and addiction and winners and losers.
V-Day was created to address just one of these problems, ending violence against women and girls. And at the organization's 10th anniversary, there was cause for celebration. What started as a simple question about the relationship between a woman and her body has gained the momentum of a worldwide movement fueled by shared artistic creativity. In appreciation, Eve Ensler chose to stage the biggest ever celebrity benefit performance of the Vagina Monologues in New Orleans. Thousands of women and men attended the weekend dedicated to honoring women of New Orleans and the Gulf South, who Ensler writes, have survived, quote, racism, economic hardship, and domestic abuse. All of these are pieces of the story of violence that continues to impact women here in this country and around the world, unquote. The V-Day event in New Orleans raised more than $700,000 so that women may be safe and empowered in a region whose pulse beats like no other. We will be triumphant. Let's end abuse of women and girls everywhere. We'll stand our ground. Stand our ground. Let's make a world where no abuse can be found. The Women of V-Day and Eve Ensler, visionary artist and anti-violence activist with the courage to go beyond the vagina monologues. Downloads of this program and many other Bioneers radio shows are available on the radio pages at www.bioneers.org or by calling 1-877-BIONEER. That's 1-877-246-6337. Visit Bioneers.org where you can learn how to attend the annual October Bioneers National Conference and local beaming Bioneers conferences. Purchase the radio series, conference CDs and DVDs, and Bioneers books. Join the thriving online Bioneers community and become a Bioneers member or make a donation. All at Bioneers.org or by calling 1-877-BIONEER. The Bioneers Revolution from the Heart of Nature is a production of Collective Heritage Institute. Executive producer, Kenny Ausubel. Written by Catherine Stifter and Kenny Ausubel. Senior producer, Neil Harvey. Managing producer, Stephanie Welch. Production management, Aaron Leventman and Chuck Castleberry. Station relations by Creative PR. Distribution is by WFMT Radio Network. Original recordings provided by Reference Media Group. Our theme music is taken from the album Journey Between by Baca Beyond and used by permission of Hannibal Records, a Ryko disc label. Additional music was made available by Oshun Gaia at oshungaia.com. That's O-S-H-U-N-G-A-I-A dot com. For more music information, please visit Bioneers.org. The opinions expressed in the Bioneers Revolution from the Heart of Nature radio series are those of the presenters and are not necessarily those of Collective Heritage Institute, the underwriters, or this radio station. My name is Neil Harvey. Thank you for listening. I invite you to join the Bioneers in inspiring a shift to live on Earth in ways that honor the web of life, each other, and future generations. This is program number 0609.
Bioneers Revolution from the Heart of Nature is made possible in part by Organic Valley, a farmer-owned cooperative producing local food with the future in mind since 1988. Learn more at organicvalley.com.